Hi, I'm Manika Raman-Wilms, and you're listening to The Decibel from The Globe and Mail. The monkeypox virus continues to spread in Europe and North America. It's a disease that's closely related to smallpox, though not nearly as severe. When people catch it, they usually get flu-like symptoms and then a rash that develops into pustules. Monkeypox is usually in Central and West Africa, but now there are outbreaks all over Europe and North America. For example, in Canada, we now have 168 cases of monkeypox, when usually we don't have any. You really want to ensure that you stop the transmission of that kind of viral disease. Dr. Yat Boom is an epidemiologist, a professor, and he works for Epicenter Africa, the research arm of Doctors Without Borders. He's in Cameroon, in a part of the world that's dealt with monkeypox for years. It has been around for many, many years in the sense that monkeypox is one of the diseases that we actually survey. Whenever we have one case of monkeypox, we put in place an entire surveillance system to identify the case. So, to be honest, monkeypox has not been a big issue in our countries. Why? Because it's kind of self-containing. So, people, most of the patients will have monkeypox, and after a couple of days, nothing will happen for a large, large, large majority of cases. Even though Central and West Africa is used to dealing with monkeypox, the rest of the world isn't. And we don't really know what to expect. But the way it has been spreading in the, in the West is quite different, which means the virus, if you don't stop it in the early phase, it can have some mutation. And the way it, it behaves in one population will be different from the way it behaves with another population. So you really want to limit as much as possible the transmission of any of those viruses because you never know how they can turn out. Because once we understand, then we can better control. Countries outside of Africa haven't always paid much attention to this virus. And Dr. Boom said that way of thinking can be dangerous. We are all interconnected. In a sense that what is happening in Africa should not be considered as Africa. It's, it's, we are global because the virus that is here today, tomorrow will be in Europe, in the US, in China, and, and all over. And in large part, it's, it's kind of neglect. The virus is endemic, meaning it's found in nature in certain African countries, and occasionally there are spillover events into people. This is Helen Branswell. She's a journalist based in Boston, and she's been covering disease outbreaks since SARS in 2003. She's a senior writer for the health news site, STAT. Helen's been closely following the monkeypox outbreak and is here to tell us what we know so far and how worried we should actually be about catching it. This is The Decibel. Helen, it's great to have you on the podcast. Thanks for being here. Nice to be here. Thank you. Uh, Monkeypox has, has been around for a long time. I, kn- I know the first case was detected in a human in 1970. So it's been around, but we still seem to be learning a lot about it. Um, yeah. You know, in, in some of these countries where it's endemic, 
the way people normally get monkeypox is like kids hunting for rodents, you know, catch a rodent and, and become infected. And maybe a parent or somebody looking after that child then becomes infected. But mostly in those cases, it's like, um, animal to human and maybe a generation or two of spread and then it stops. And that is what has been normally seen and not very well studied, you know, in the decades since people realized that there was this pox virus in existence. I want to ask you about about the numbers that we're hearing about. As of June 17th, the the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control in the States, uh, they've confirmed that there's over 2,500 cases in in 37 different countries. Here in Canada, we have 168 confirmed cases, according to to PHAC, the Public Health Agency of Canada. But I I wonder if you can give us some context. Like, we don't really have a reference point. Are Are those big numbers? Those are big numbers for monkeypox, yeah. Mm. Um, you know, I tweeted a few weeks ago, the UK Health Security Agency had announced that they had, you know, over 100 cases. And I said, you know, this is a sentence I never thought I would write. You don't typically see monkeypox cases in these kinds of numbers outside of Africa. Even within Africa, they're reasonably high. I mean, there are certain countries in Africa, the Democratic Republic of Congo for one, Nigeria for another, that have had a lot of monkeypox cases in the last five years or so. But these numbers are big. Hmm. And Relative to other countries, Canadian numbers seem pretty high, and there's a large number of cases in in Quebec specifically right now. What should we make of that? Well, I think one thing to make of that is that, you know, they're doing an aggressive job detecting cases in Montreal. Montreal has an outbreak where the virus clearly gets seeded into a community of men or a network of men who have sex with men, and it has been spreading there. It seems like public health authorities there are aggressively trying to track those cases. They're, you know, using vaccine quite aggressively there to try to curb the spread. So they often say in epidemiology, seek and ye shall find. If you're doing a lot of testing, you may find a lot of cases. And that could be what's happening in, in Montreal. You mentioned seeding in a community, I guess. Mm-hmm. Can, can you just describe what that means, Helen? Sorry, it's a term to effectively describe when a new virus or a pathogen of some sort enters into and gets sort of entrenched into a community or a network of people. So, you know, this virus at some point came out of somewhere in West Africa. They don't know when. And it's been circulating outside of there for weeks, months, maybe longer than that. It's not clear. Uh, But it it found its way into networks of men who have sex with men. It seeded itself into those networks, and that's and it's moving. So this is the largest outbreak of monkeypox then that we've seen in in Europe and in North America. Then yes, that's correct. Helen, what's the difference about the way that this virus is presenting now in Europe and North America versus what we're what we're used to seeing um, in in Central and East Africa? So a lot of this medical literature, which is based on, you know, the cases in the endemic countries, talks about people who are infected having a lot of lesions over, starting on often on the face, then on the torso, appearing on the soles of the feet and the palms of the hand, which is really unusual for a rash, 
the rash has this, its sort of five stages of development. When it looks like a pimple or a pustule, there's mm-hmm. often a little dimple in the middle of it. And that's, uh, you know, characteristic of this. But, you know, as I said, in the literature, they often talk about sort of people having a lot of lesions and them spreading, you know, in multiple parts of the body. One of the things that they're seeing in this outbreak is that some of the people are only having a few lesions. There have been cases where somebody had only one lesion. There are a lot of reports that many of the people who have lesions only have them on in their groin or, you know, on their penis, around their anus, sort of that part of the body and not really elsewhere, which is unusual. Another thing that seems to be atypical with this is that the thinking was that the lesions would all be at the same stage at the same time. So once you had lesions, they would all be in, you know, this stage now, and then they progress to that stage. And what they're seeing is that some lesions are at one stage at, you know, in one part of the body and another stage at another part of the body. So all of this is important to understand because most clinicians would never have seen this ever in their lifetime. Mm-hmm. And so when they are trying to figure out how to detect cases, um, you know, how to, how to make sure that like doctors see rashes a lot and to know that this rash is monkeypox as opposed to something else is really important. And if you're only going by what the scientific literature says, you could be misguided because it's not appearing that way all the time in this outbreak. So this is mostly spread by very close contact then, right? Skin to skin or sheets that someone else has has touched. Is that correct? Skin to skin, mouth to skin. Yeah. The way people get infected primarily is by having exposure to sores on another person. And we're we're really actually seeing the largest outbreak right now. It's it's in the community of men who have sex with other men. Just to be clear, though, this is not an STI, a sexually transmitted infection. It's more the close contact aspect of it. Well, it's, it's a really interesting debate that's going on. And you see people mainly argue that it's not an STI, uh, but other people saying, you know, it's kind of like an STI. At present, it's not clear whether or not somebody who's infected could have virus in their semen or in vaginal fluid for a woman. So it's not clear whether exposure to those fluids is transmitting virus from one person to another. I I think one of the reasons why people are sort of disputing whether this is or isn't an STI is because if you say it is an STI, that could convey the impression that the only way to contract it is through sex. And that is not true. Mm. So it is clearly being transmitted in the networks it's being transmitted in right now through sexual contact. But that's not the only way you can catch it. And and if any of the people who are infected have skin-to-skin contact with somebody else, but not in the context of sex, just in sort of regular, you know, interactions, it can transmit that way as well. And so if if you label it an STI, I think there's a risk that people will believe they're, they're not susceptible when in fact, in some circumstances, they clearly could be. How worried should, should people be about, about getting sick with monkeypox right now? We're not all going to get monkeypox. I, I don't think there's any reason to think that at, at, you know, current time. 
we're not seeing much severe disease. Like most of the people who have been diagnosed with monkeypox haven't needed to be hospitalized. There haven't been um, reported deaths. Some people describe feeling fairly unwell for a while, and apparently the lesions are quite painful. But in endemic countries in Africa, there are two strains or the scientific word in this case is clades of monkeypox virus. One comes from countries in West Africa and is called the West African clade. The other comes from countries that are more located in Central Africa, and it is known as the Congo Basin clade. The clade that's behind the current outbreak is the West African uh, clade, which is a good thing because it is the milder of the two. Uh, depending on which strain of the virus you're talking about, the fatality rate is either 1%-ish or as high as 10% for hmm. the clade of the virus that comes from Central Africa. We haven't seen fatalities outside in this outbreak so far. So on Thursday, the WHO, the World Health Organization, is is holding an emergency committee to see whether monkeypox should be considered a, 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 quote, public health emergency of international concern. That's the world's highest health alert. Uh, and currently only polio and COVID have this designation. From what you've been hearing, Helen, do you think monkeypox will be added to this list? I think it's fairly likely. I mean, in order to be declared a fake, that's the way it's pronounced. It's an unfortunate acronym. Public Health Emergency of International Concern. Um, (laughs) You know, it has to be an event that's unusual and unexpected, which this clearly is. It has to be something that a risk that crosses borders, which this clearly does. And it also has to be something for which international cooperation may be needed to control the event. And you know, in this case, that that is also true. There are vaccines and antiviral drugs that are um, that were developed for smallpox, but are also useful for monkeypox, and they are being deployed in this outbreak. But they are not available in large amounts worldwide, and some countries don't have any supplies. And the WHO is quite eager to try to work out a system whereby countries that need vaccine and don't have it are able to access it, you know, from countries that do have it. So, you know, that would definitely check the box in terms of this being something that requires international cooperation. What will change if monkeypox is deemed a public health emergency? You know, (laughs) Not as much as you might think. Uh, it sort of mm. raises the uh, raises the alarm. It you know, in, governments are supposed to take it more seriously. It gives the WHO Director General a little bit more power than he normally has. They can issue recommendations. For instance, typically when there is a fake in place, the WHO will urge countries not to institute um, travel bans. So, you know, say clearly, do not restrict travel from this part of the world or that part of the world. It won't help. Countries often ignore that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which we saw with COVID. We saw Mm -hmm. with COVID, we saw it with the Ebola outbreak of 2014 to 2016. You know, the WHO can recommend, but countries are sovereign when it comes to health policy. The majority of reported cases have so far been 
in men who have sex with men, as, as we've talked about. Um, and this is, of course, a community that that did face a lot of stigma. Uh, we think about especially HIV AIDS uh, in, in the 1980s in particular. How are public health organizations balancing, um, trying to get the message out to the people that it's affecting this community, while, while also, I guess, trying not to stigmatize people at the same time? Yeah, they were really kind of tying themselves up in knots in the very early days of this outbreak. When it became apparent that monkeypox was one transmitting outside of Africa and two transmitting within networks of men who have sex with men. Initially, public health officials were really kind of reticent to even describe the groups in which it was transmitting because they were concerned about repeating the mistakes of the early 1980s and what happened with uh, the emergence of HIV AIDS. But the reality is, you know, it's not useful to tell people that monkeypox is transmitting without telling the people who are at actual risk that they are at, at risk. So, yeah, as you, as you mentioned earlier, there is a vaccine for smallpox, uh, which can also uh, help work for monkeypox. How much of this vaccine is actually available? The reason there are vaccines at all is because when smallpox was eradicated, it was declared eradicated in 1980, Mm. it was understood even then that um, if they stopped vaccinating, that immunity within the human population to pox viruses would be effectively grandfathered. So anybody born before 1972 would have some protection against other pox viruses, monkeypox, cowpox, there are a bunch of them. There's a horsepox virus. Hmm. But that, you know, the longer you got out from the cessation of the vaccination program, the more the proportion of the population that had no protection against these viruses would grow. Some countries recognized that there was a bioterrorism risk there, that there was a lot of concern that, you know, somebody would try to recreate smallpox, synthetically put the virus back together, which is possible to do, and release smallpox and as a bioterror event. And so the United States primarily invested quite heavily in the development of vaccines and antivirals and has stockpiles of them. Canada has stockpiles. The UK has stockpiles. There are other countries that have them, but, you know, they're not in massive amounts at this time and production capacity isn't enormous. There's not going to be massive amounts of this available anytime soon. Hopefully massive amounts won't be needed though. Outside of of vaccines, Helen, are there any other ways that people can protect themselves against monkeypox? You know, just being prudent and knowing what's going on, being aware, maybe having discussions with sexual partners, If somebody discovers that they have an unusual rash, get it checked out. And what should we expect then in the coming months to to happen with monkeypox? I would hope that the efforts to contain it will work and we'd start to see, you know, a slowing of transmission. But, you know, right now there are a lot of countries that are reporting cases and it's not good enough for the U.S. to get 
an outbreak under control or for Canada to get an outbreak under control. If there are outbreaks in other countries, the chance of it coming back is is still quite real. And um, so I think one of the things that we'll see for sure is a lot more attention paid to this issue and a lot of discussion about about helping the countries where it's endemic to deal with monkeypox. There is a big push right now to change a lot of the wording that is used around monkeypox. And the World Health Organization has said it is going to come up with a different approach to naming those clades. And as well, it is pushing, well, it, it has indicated it will come up with a, a new name for the disease. It's also pushing the International Committee on Taxonomy of Viruses to change the name of the virus itself. And that group is going to be meeting over the next, you know, coming weeks and months. It, it wouldn't be surprising if next year we're not talking about monkeypox using that name. Helen, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. That's it for today. I'm Manika Raman-Wilms. Michal Stein helped edit this episode. Our summer producer is Zara Kozema. Our producers are Madeline White, Cheryl Sutherland, and Rachel Levy-McLaughlin. David Crosby edits the show. Kasia Mihailovich is our senior producer, and Angela Pachenza is our executive editor. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.